0: Just stop and think for a minute. Have you ever been in a situation where you have felt left out? Now, you might be feeling that this morning as I've directed this towards the children. But have you ever been in a playground as a youngster where you were always the last one to be chosen? I know, I can see from some of your faces that is resonating. Okay, or where other people have been invited to something and you think, well, my invitation must have got lost in the post because everybody else seems to know what's going on, but I'm not quite sure. Well, for that child in the playground, the feeling of not being accepted can stay with you for a very long time, as I can see from some of your faces this morning. I spend my life as a teacher sorting out where children feel rejected, neglected, left out because I know the importance of dealing with this as a child because as adults we can carry it through our teen years into adult life. Today I want us to look at identity and how this can be affected by whose perspective we're looking at our own identity with. So do you have the right perspective for your own identity? When we started The Transform Life, Steve asked a question, what would you say to someone if they said to you, who are you? And my instant trigger in my head was, well, I'm Michaela. Bit obvious, really. I then thought about the fact that I was mum to Nathan and Jacob and wife to Baldwin um, so something about my family connection. And then I always think of myself first as a teacher and then as a wife and a mum. Because, you know, that's just the way I've got it ordered in my head. It's what I do. It's who I am. And But that wasn't what Steve went on to say. He said, oh, you might feel this. And it was just like, oh, maybe I've got the question wrong. I'll keep quiet. But actually, the more I've thought about this as we're going through the, the series in our groups... The more I've thought about the fact that it is about the name that we call ourselves and what others call us, it's about our family connections, and it's about the role and the purpose and the job that we do. And so I'm just going to take a little bit of time on each of those with hopefully some help from some people down here and here. Does anybody know the meaning of their name? Does anybody know what their name means? Abby? Father's Joy. Father's Joy, like that one. Karen. Sorry? Ice Queen. <laughs> Ice Queen. Can we just take the Queen? Okay. Anybody else? know? Heather. Highland Shrub. I'm not talking to you for a minute because I know what yours and I'm, yours is part of what I'm saying, so forget that. I've looked up some to help me. So... Have I got, I was bound to, I don't know now. Have I got a Louise in the room? Thank you, Louise. Yes, great. Couldn't see you there in my glasses. Um, hardworking and brave. Yeah. Lucy. I know I've got at least two Lucys in the room. You mean, it means light-hearted. Steve. Stephen means victorious. Noah. Where's Noah? Do you know what your name means, Noah? Uh, yeah. What does it mean? <laughs> yeah. Here's, your name actually means peacemaker. Okay, so peacemaker, I'm sure you can call on that at times where there's, Tom, you mean twin. Yeah, I know, but that's fine. Ben, do you know what yours mean? Your parents obviously named you well. It means wonderful boy. Emily, competitor. Rob. Do you know what it means? I took names of people I knew were going to be here, so I wasn't just talking to myself. Brilliant. Ethan, firm will. Stubborn, in other words. Hannah, God blessed. John, honourable. Sarah, God's princess. Is James here? He's not living up to his name this morning because his name means dependable. <laughs> Harvey means fighter. Naomi, where's she gone? Means beautiful. Kieran, dark. <laughs> and Keith, witty. Okay. Bible meanings, names of names, particularly in societies of history past and um, the Bible, have specific significance. I've got a few up there. Joshua, Isaiah, and Jesus means God is our salvation. Yahweh is salvation. Moses, there were a number of different meanings for this, but one of them was deliverer. And I'm sure we can see how God used that in his role And David means beloved. He was a man after God's own heart, but God loved him too. And Isaac means he will laugh and rejoice. Now, I looked at my own family's names. Baldwin, for those of you that are not familiar, he's in the PA booth at the back. He's my husband. And it means brave friend. My name, Michaela, and Michael, and Michelle means who is like our God. I like that. I like that now Jacob yeah. your name yeah. one of the meanings of Jacob means may God protect and as I'd had six miscarriages before I had him he was definitely one that God needed to protect even before he was born and Nathan what does your name mean gift now my children certainly live up to their name not all of the time but some of the time We've all heard the saying, sticks and stones may break our bones, but names will never hurt me. Well, for me, that has got to be one of the biggest of life's lies. Because it should be, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will break my heart and character. It is a lie from the enemy to say that names that we are called can't hurt us. Someone ever called you a name that has hurt you so much that it's taken on a life of its own? For years, I had to live under the cloud of knowing that the person that I worked with and for didn't like me. And she made sure I knew it by some of the things that she spoke over me. And for a while, I believed them. And I got bogged down in the lies that were spoken over me. And it took a, a work of God's grace to free me from the things that she had said. If you're told something enough, you begin to believe it. One of the things that inspired me to become a teacher was the attitude of two of my high school teachers. My art teacher called me Apple Blossom, and I was reminded of this last week when I went to the ladies' toilet, and the soap in there is Apple Blossom soap. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's my art teacher used to call me that. He told me I should never take art as an exam subject because I was hopeless at it. But he did enjoy the chats we had every week. The second was my biology teacher. She told me I would never amount to anything, so I shouldn't bother trying. I believed one and set to prove the other one wrong. For over 20 years, I believed that I was not creative and shouldn't bother. Until someone gave me a cross-stitch set. Now, it was one of the things I forgot to pick up this morning, but it was of a hedgehog playing a saxophone. And it was really difficult because each of the spines was a different combination of different coloured threads. But I persevered and got it done. I completed it and realised that I could be creative. And now it's difficult to stop me doing something. But I always said I couldn't draw. I've had to retrain my thinking, because now I have to teach it. People come to me for me to draw things for them. I think Mr. Davis would be rather surprised at this. As for the other lies that were spoken over me, well, after I got my O-level biology, I went on to do A-level biology, and when I came to choose the degree subject that I was going to study for the next three uh, years, It was a very close race between biology and theology, because I was determined after a certain Maureen Lippmann advert, I was going to end up in life with an ology. Well, I chose theology, and the rest, as they say, is history. But I ended up with three biology qualifications. I love proving people wrong. And for any of you that know me well, yep, you can agree with that. I could have listened to the teachers, I could have listened to the lies, or I could choose to listen to the one that knows me best. The one that created me. But do you know what your name in God is? Have we got any puzzles finished? Perfect timing, yes! Sorry, I've had a cup of coffee this morning. Isaiah 43 verse 1 says... Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you, and in that space, I want you to put your name. I have called you by name. You are mine. I want you to say to yourself, I am God's. He has called me by name. Yeah. So what are those names? So, we've got to do these in a particular order, because that's where they're going to come up there. Um, Could you tell me what the red and the purple ones say, please? The red and the purple ones. Chosen and royal. 1 Peter 2, verse 9 says, But you're not like that, for you are a chosen people, a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. What does the yellow one say? Sons and daughters. daughters. We are sons and daughters this morning. 2 Corinthians 6.18 says, For I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. This morning you are a son or a daughter of the living God apple green the apple of his eye now this is talking about how God was trying to protect because of some bad stuff that was going on but he says this for this is what the Lord says after the glorious one has sent me against the nations that have plundered you for whoever touches you touches the apple of his eye I will surely raise my hand against them so that their slaves will plunder them. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me. I want you to look at the person around you and say, I am the apple of God's eye. John, you're the apple of God's eye. Okay. Um, what Beloved. color? Blue. Beloved. Beloved. I like this one. Because there's a whole book devoted to the fact that we are called beloved in the Song of Songs. But Deuteronomy 33 verse 12 says, Let the beloved of the Lord rest secure in him, for he shields him all day long. And the one the Lord loves rests between his shoulders. This morning we can know that we are called beloved of God. And the last one, have I got another one? Okay, there is one more. We are delighted in. The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. Do you recognize your name when he calls you? Do you hear these names and know that God is calling you? In the school where I teach, We have an abundance of Laura's and Gemma's. In fact, out of a staff of 50, 10 are either Laura or Gemma. And so when their name is called, nobody answers. Because, well, it's not going to be me. It's going to be one of the others that somebody's calling. Unfortunately, I think, when Michaela's called, everybody knows. Because there's only one of me. I am in no doubt that it is me that is being spoken to, because I'm the only one. I am someone. It took me years to be able to stand here, to be able to say to you, I am someone, because I am someone in God. I have been created By my God, and He loves me. I am the apple of His eye. I am cherished. I am delighted in. I am blessed. I am His daughter. As well as being called by name, we have family in high places. The God that looks on you has called you beloved. He is the creator of the universe. So, because of my Father in heaven, I have some pretty. Fabulous family connections. Not that one. I am the daughter of a king. I'm redeemed and brought out of slavery. Next. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming the curse for us. We are heirs of the kingdom. Now if we're children, then we're heirs. Heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. And indeed, if we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. And we've sung at this morning, we're no longer slaves, but God's child. Galatians 4, 7, you are no longer a slave, but God's child. Since you are his child, he has made you an heir. Last week, Kieran spoke from the Transformed Life series and talked about the fact that we're adopted. We can call God Abba Father. I'm loving it. Can I have a look? Can I have a look at your umbrella? Can I have a look? I know. Do you know, I'm just seeing this. Sometimes, this is me just off the cuff, off notes now. Sometimes we use an umbrella to shield us from the sun or from the rain. But actually, sometimes we put it up and shield ourselves from God's blessings as well. Years ago, we used to sing songs, Let It Rain, And it was talking about God blessing us through his spirit. This morning, I just seen Rosa with this. I just feel God wants to say to us, take down your umbrellas and let me bless you. Take down your umbrellas and let me pour out my blessing on you as a people. As you understand what your identity is, as you understand who you belong to and you understand your purpose, let me pour out my blessing on you as a church. I became a Christian when I was 13 in response to the fact that I learned that God was my heavenly father. It wasn't that I recognised that I was a sinner and I needed a saviour. But I didn't have a good relationship with my own dad. But I realised that actually I wanted a relationship with my heavenly father. And as a result of that, I gave my heart to God. As a result of all of that, then I discovered that... Actually, I am a sinner and I do need Jesus, but that came second for me. My relationship with my heavenly father was more important because of the way that life was broken for me. God, since then, has totally restored my relationship with my own dad. How many of you children, sorry kids, I need you back, how many of you children have got a badge on your school jumper? Ben, what's on your school jumper badge? A river and some trees, okay. Anybody else? Ethan, do you know what's on your school jumper badge? A horse. Did I get that? Yeah, a horse. Ethan, you got a dragon. A phoenix. Sorry? A stag. Okay. Well, this is Jacob's, I'm going to tread on those. This is Jacob's school jumper. It's a really delightful colour. I love this colour. Okay, and it's got a willow tree because we have a big willow tree in the front of our school and it's one of the signs and symbols of our school. Now, it's quite a distinctive colour and we thought we would be okay when we took a group of 40 children to the O2 last week to join us part of a school choir of 7,000 children because great concert, wasn't it, Tom? But purple is quite a distinctive colour and we thought we'd be able to spot our 40 kids because it being quite a distinctive colour. Until we got there and sat in our seats, and the three other schools around us were all wearing purple. And then we took them out and had their tea, they went to the loo, and they put on their t shirts specifically for the concert. And then all 7,000 children were wearing exactly the same. And it's like, okay, now which 40 are ours? Okay. The purple kind of helped. But what we gave them were um, high-vis jackets to get them out. Other schools had bright orange caps. And you could see which schools belonged together because of that distinguishing feature that they had on. One of my favourite things as a child was going on holiday to different beaches and gathering sticks of rock. And it was always what was written through the stick of rock. Now, if I were a stick of rock, hard to imagine I know, Sweet and sickly, but I haven't got it anymore, Rosa, sorry. If I was a stick of rock, you cut me open. Running through me this morning would be written, God's family. Because that's where I belong. That's where I come from. What would be written through you this morning? In Toy Story, the toys knew who they belonged to because they had Andy's name written on the bottom of their shoes. All of these different pictures I've just given are a way of us knowing where we belong and who we belong to. The important thing is that you know that we do belong. I've got a short video clip for us. We, w- we wouldn't even be together if it weren't for Andy. Look under your boot, Buzz. You too, Jesse, whose name is written there? Maybe Andy doesn't care about us anymore. Have all days. Eternal grace. We belong to Him this morning. This week in life groups, we were looking at the Holy Spirit being a seal and the fact that when we belong to God, He's put His seal in our hearts. We belong to God. As for the role and the job that we've got, it all comes back to a name. Originally, Christian was a derogatory term, meaning little Christ. It was not pleasant name. But we are all still Christians in the truest sense. The role he's given us here on earth is to be a little Christ. In all we do and say, we're to reflect him in the world around us. He's called us to bear witness to him in his kingdom here on earth. We're to pray for one another. We're to go and make nations of all, to make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Spirit. We're to bear one another's burdens. Last summer I spoke on being part of the vine and I finished with a song and this is the words of the chorus, it just keeps coming back to me. What would Jesus say? What would Jesus do? Where would Jesus go? We've got to go there too. Brothers and sisters, we've got his work to do. We must be his voice. We must be his hands. We must show his heart so they understand. Brothers and sisters, we've got his work to do. It's a labor of love. This is our purpose. Whoever we are, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, whoever we're with, our purpose is to see the kingdom of God come on earth as it is in heaven. I want us to finish this part this morning by um, looking at the character of Esther and how she understood who her identity was and what she, who she belonged to and what her purpose was. But I need your help. Yay. I'm going to say from John up to Riley and this section here. Kids, you're going to need to come and help because the adults aren't going to be very good at this. I promise you. This section, you are going to be Esther. And every time I say Esther in the story, I want you to shout out brave queen. Okay? At the back. So from here, this section down the middle, including all you up the corner. Every time I say Mordecai, I want you to cheer. Hooray! You're going to hate me for this, I know. Never mind. I'll get over it. This section here at the front, up to the, the divide in there. Every time I say, king, your majesty. majesty. And at the corner, I think you've got the best part. Every time I say, Haman, the best, the best pantomime, boo, you can give me, please. So I'm just going to practice because I'm going to tell a story about Esther. Thank you, John. I'll try that again. I'm going to tell a story about Esther who was the niece of Mordecai. She married a king and had to get rid of Haman. And that's the story in a nutshell, but I will expand it a little bit for you this morning. Once there was a king. He needed to find himself a new wife as his old wife made him very cross. Esther... Went to the palace. The king. liked the look of Esther. So after, after a year chose her to be his new queen. Mordecai. Mordecai. I'm going to keep it. Mordecai. Thank you. Was Esther's cousin. And because she was an orphan, he had to take care of her. Mordecai was given the important job and went to work for the king in the palace. Mordecai told Esther to keep it quiet that she was a Jew. There was a plot in the palace to kill the king. Mordecai found out and told Esther that she was, that she had, and then she went to tell the king. This was all okay until Haman, came out onto the scene. The king put special importance on Haman and insisted that all should bow down to him. Mordecai refused as Jews would only bow to God. Haman in protest of this vowed to kill all Jews. Esther prevented others getting too close to see who she truly was. If Haman knew who she was, then she would be one of those killed because of her faith. The order went out for all Jews to be killed. Esther had to protect her own heart and life. However, to save her people, she needed to go before the king. Unannounced, which would mean putting her own life at risk and allowing the king to know who she truly was. This would cost her her life. Not because she was Jewish, but because no one could go before the king without permission. He had to extend his scepter to her. In response to this, Mordecai sent Esther this message. Esther 4.14 tells us, If you keep quiet this time, help will come from heaven to the Jews and they will be saved. But you will die and your father's family will come to an end. Yet, who knows, maybe it was for such a time as this that you were made to be queen. This meant she had to show the king who she truly was to fulfill her destiny and purpose. That was scary. Esther, her response was prayer. After she prayed, Esther invited the king. And Haman, Mm. to eat with her whilst Mordecai was praying. Eventually, she got up the nerve to tell the king what Haman Mm. had planned to do. Eventually, the king punished Haman Mm. for trying to kill Esther and Mordecai. Mm. And instead, Haman Mm. was killed. God used... (laughs) God used Esther because she was the queen to save a group of people she belonged to, the Jews. There was no one else at this time in her position that could do what she had to do. Now, give yourselves a clap if you manage to keep up. How often are we in difficult situations where we think, rethink, and overthink the situation instead of bringing it to God first? It's my initial response, so please forgive me if I'm just speaking to myself here. Esther's identity was changed when she became queen. As we accept what Jesus did on the cross for us, our identity changes too. To become adopted into his family and heirs of his kingdom. Esther knew who she belonged to. She was a Jew. No one, one of God's chosen. So we are part of God's chosen family when we come to him. Esther knew she was in the right place at the right time to do the job only she could do. God has plans and purposes that are specifically designed for each one of us, as we're called according to this purpose. Let our identity be based on what God says. Our responses to situations be because of the security we have in who we belong to, and our actions be motivated by the purposes laid out for us by God. As we continued with our Transform series, I truly believe that God wants us to be transformed as we understand more of who we are in him, who he is as our saviour, Lord, Father and friend, and as we play out our part in the role that he's given us to carry out on earth. Some of us here may have had words spoken over us that have affected how we think or feel about ourselves. God wants us to know freedom from these lies he wants us to see ourselves with his perspective, not a warped one. Some of us may struggle with the idea of belonging because of broken relationships, hurts or loneliness. God said right at the beginning of time to Adam that it was not good for man to be alone. He wants to heal those hurts and bring us into a fully functional community. And then there are others of us that are unsure about what our purpose in life is. We're called to go and make disciples and bring God's kingdom here on earth. We would love to pray with people that want to recommit themselves to God's purposes for their life. Now Rob's going to come and explain to us the next part of the um, prayer stations. But after we finish, we're going to draw people back into here. We're going to come back and worship and give people opportunity to respond to any of what I've just said. Thank you.